The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 130. How important is safeguarding footballers within the football industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the football industry. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Spencer Hitch. Spencer is a sponsorship specialist and founder at the Premier Sports and Entertainment Network, where he specialises in hosting live networking events with a goal to create meaningful partnerships for the attendees in the sports and entertainment industry. I have to say I'm really fascinated about Spencer's line of work and it's great to have him on the show. That's why in today's episode Spencer will share his sports career journey and explain to you how important safeguarding is with regards to looking after footballers within the football industry. Spencer, it's great to have you on the show. Please could you share your sports career journey to listeners. When did it all start? Um, yeah, so I started back in a, a sports agency called Octagon. Oh God, it's probably going about 10 years ago now. Um, working with the guys in Fulham selling um, inventory on the LED screens and uh, and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's that's where I kind of entered the sports industry. Just going back in time really quick for the listeners who are studying sport, who would like to work in the sports industry, can you remember going back, let's say, 12 years ago, what inspired you to work in the sports industry looking back now? Well, I was a massive sports fan anyway. I played a lot of football. And it was just trying to get involved into the business side, really, and, and exploring what, what was out there. So a mate of mine who worked at Octagon at the time was doing an internship. Uh, and he just said, why don't you double your hand or see if you can get a uh, get a role at Octagon? So, um, yeah, I applied. And then before you knew it, I was there for uh, around two and a half, three years. Fantastic. Just from an educational background, would you mind just sharing... What use did you do? Did you go to university? Would you just mind sharing to listeners your educational background before working at Octagon? Yeah, I'll be completely honest with you, Ed. I went to a, a, a secondary school in, in Clapham, Battersea called Emmanuel. Um, took, uh, did all my, I was there uh, just before sixth form. I left there, went to Kingston College and actually didn't study anything to do with, with sport. It was more, <laughs> it was more art, media and um, that kind of thing and photography. I was there for two years and um, came out with A-levels. And then actually, while I was still uh, studying, I was working at the same time. And I had been during school time, actually, just doing a Saturday job in, in retail. So it's more cl- closed retail. So it was uh, like Ted Baker, All Saints, Reese, that sort of thing, just to earn pocket money. And then, uh, and then yeah, I left Kingston College. There was a few, uh, few kind of professional not professional footballers, but a few guys who were quite good at football at the time. So I had a good relationship with them, such as like Marvin Elliott, who went to play on for Bristol City um, and Millwall. 
Um, and then, yeah, I was, I, I also played uh, football at a half decent level, but I knew I was never going to make it. And I didn't go down the university route, but I knew that I was good at, um, well, not good, but I, I had a good, strong work ethic involved in me in terms of just wanting to make money and, and getting out there, really. So That is great to hear. Just relating going forward now with regards to you starting at Octagon, because like, Octagon is one of the biggest sports agencies. Could you remember looking back of your goal working there? Did you have like a game plan when you were in that environment? To be honest, I didn't. I didn't. I was young. I just wanted to um, try and get a... Um, trying to get my foot in the door in the first place and trying to prove to people in, in Octagon because it was such a big organisation that um, I was I was credible for the role, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at the time, there was there was a big sales team. Um, and as much as I... It was really, really tough at, at, at the time in terms of trying to get sponsorship over the door in, in selling um, LED advertising and, and that sort of thing. But... Um, what I did uh, very much enjoy, we had a fantastic team there and we got on really, really well. So that um, it was just good to go to work. I think anything, anyone who's going to work, you've got to enjoy it a little bit as well. Absolutely. Just relating from that experience to where you are now, how has that supported you? I think the main thing really is um, is keep going and not giving up. That is the main thing in life. And you're always going to get knocks, but I suppose, yeah, that, that was the main thing in Octagon. It was a really, really tough sale. And it was kind of like not fighting for your position, but it gave you a mass, a great grounding in terms of sales, um, in trying to, uh, sell, 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 all sorts of things. And then, yeah, I kind of moved on from Octagon and then, um doubled my hand at, at events the main thing i would say to anyone trying to get into the industry is just keep going and give yourself a time period of uh how long you want to be at that organization for or, or objectives or targets really that is great and we're going to talk in a lot more detail now and what you're currently doing but before that looking back and looking at the sports industry from a bigger picture relating to your experience have you seen the sports industry develop from the last 10 years it's much more harder getting sponsorship deals through through the line. You, I think people have got to be a lot more creative than rather than slapping a logo on on shirt sponsorship or whatever they may be selling. Um, and and yeah, in terms of a lot of uh, young graduates are interested to get into sport and and they see obviously Premier League footballers and Championship footballers earning a lot of money, um, but they just need to be a bit creative of what route they actually want to want to go down in terms of having a clear strategy of what they're good at and how that can tie up with um, some, of the, some of their career paths because a lot of people are wanting to become agents nowadays as well, which, which I'm sure you're aware of. Ed. Absolutely. Just on a quick question now, is there a difference between working in the sports industry compared to the football industry from your experience? Yeah, listen. If you're working for a sponsorship, it's you're working across the board of what different levels of sponsorship are doing. That it's just what inventory that you've got to sell or coming up with new ideas. Really, I think that's what 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 really sets people apart is forward thinking ideas. And sometimes, as much as they may sound stupid or or not 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 kind of irrelevant, but those those things when they are being a bit creative and thinking outside of the box is is stuff which is can really kind of be rewarding absolutely now just relating to today's podcast topic now how important is safeguarding footballers within the football industry 
Yeah, massively, massively. This topic's been talked about a lot in the last sort of uh, two, three years. Um, the word safeguarding, I, I suppose it can mean a different, a number of different things. I mean, I talk about it or we talk about it a lot at our player care conferences. Um, but yeah, I suppose what safeguarding could be anything from a young lad at a professional sports club who don't feel that they can speak out about a certain issue. Um, or it could be actually educating some of the people around professional athletes in terms of um, how to support them or, or if they are under pressure, for example, at a Premier League club or a football club, for example, and, and a young lad that thinks that if he if he has having mental health issues or, or wants to speak out that he feels comfortable enough that it's confidential and sometimes it's not necessarily going back to the manager because I think that's they're so desperate. Um, like anyone when they're when they're gifted with a talent to 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 make it into the first team um the the whole pressure of actually playing at elite level sport is 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 really tough sometimes um so yeah it's it's that kind of support network where I feel that the 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 athlete or the player just needs to feel comfortable enough and and trust that person um to not sometimes share information internally and, and that sort of thing, just to be open, really. Was this one reason what inspired you to start your own sports agency? I think, yeah, I think me and David Ball, who set it up about four years ago, I, I played football at a quite high level and I was really interested to try and help the the lads, especially in the academy level, in making sure that they get support. I mean, there is such a big stat, which is public knowledge out there, of how many of them don't make it. So what support is being in place? And that's something I was really, really keen to do. To be honest with you, Ed, I had no idea of how I'd create a business out of it. I was just really, really passionate about about this topic. And, yeah, I think David Ball at the time read a newspaper article of what a, uh, a player liaison person did or an education or academy director did at at a sports club and we just thought well, why don't we why don't we just start trying to get these people together and just talk about some of the stuff which goes on behind the scenes um and see whether any of those sort of nuggets of information that the clubs could could use um to actually help the players and support their clubs to implement new strategies and that sort of thing in terms of support structures really and it yeah it's just grown from having 40 people in the room back in 2015 and uh, the event that we had in November in 2018 at the Crimford Hotel was just shy of 300 people from all around the world, really. Look, this is blowing me away. It's literally music to my ears in regards to how we or you and your team are moving the sports industry forward from a football perspective for players. Would you mind explain to listeners your company and your conferences in a lot more detail, if that's OK? Yeah, of course. So there are, there are lots of... Um, uh, events companies out there like like the Premier Sports Network, um, but what we're trying to do differently is just focus on um, a couple of areas in sport, um, and one of the areas in sport, in terms of what what's been is I would say our bread and butter is our player care stuff, um, and that for me is a personal achievement, not not just from a business point of view where everyone it's got. It's it's got the Premier Sports Network brand out there because to be honest with you, Ed, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to um, on our player care stuff is is generate awareness and just really try and help athletes with um, some of the great stuff actually, which I don't think the clubs get rewarded for, which goes on behind the scenes uh, at professional sports clubs. The other stuff that we do is uh, we run a finance um, 
network, which is for directors and owners at, across the board. No, so it's not just at football clubs, it's at rugby clubs um, and, and all other sports as well, motorsport. And it's what we're trying to do is get people together who's got a vested interest into that subject matter to share ideas. It's about education and, and having a platform where we do make our money through sponsorship. But we don't. We try to only work with a couple of sponsors where it's not going to be saturated of almost having people like a cattle market of people just trying to sell stuff. Which sometimes the certain clubs has got no interest in that that area. And um, but sometimes actually some of the sponsors are we getting on board, like the service providers, can actually generally help the club. Whether that's I don't know, it could be a bank or a club looking for funding in our financing sport or a wealth management company helping with certain tax issues. Um, or on our player care stuff, it could be anything from a mental health care company to where a player uh, moves to a different club and the whole settling in process, which is so important nowadays, to a relocation company and that sort of thing. Really. So, yeah, sorry, I, I, I've offered a little bit there, but that's pretty much the nuts and bolts of, of what we do. That is fantastic. Just relating to the work you're currently doing, what are you doing at the moment? Um so this year sees us uh, run a finance. It's our second year for our financing sport event in March, um, which last year is our first one that we, we ran just to see whether there was an interest in the market. And it's gone from having 60 people and it's doubled in size at the IOD. And we've got the CEO for Saracen speaking, the finance director for Leicester City speaking, and um, and many more covering all sorts of topics from Brexit to um building new stadiums to project management to building new revenue streams at the clubs and and that sort of thing. Um, in May, we've got our behind-the-scenes player care awards, which which every year has been a bolt-on to the conference that we've been holding up in Manchester. But this year, it's going to, stand alone, it's going to be a standalone event um, where it isn't just football. It's, it's across the board, and it's celebrating and nominating people, basically, who work... So work tirelessly behind the scenes uh, at professional sports clubs and agents as well, who also have a duty of care for their clients. And it's going to reward people. So it will reward people who's implemented new education structures or put a support place in safeguarding or a liaison person who's helped a professional athlete settle as quickly as possible and their families and that, that high-profile sports star is, is sorted away from the pitch so they can just focus on their game. So all those things really, and then and then at the back end of the year, our, our player care uh, event has doubled in size now um, because of how much traction to get in the market. So we've we'll we'll double the space from going from three hundred people to six hundred people, and that will that will be in London. So um, so yeah, and aside from that, we run a we run a behind the scenes magazine which is called On the Front Foot. Um, which is very much an informative magazine. It's free to go out and um, people can read what a player liaison person does or what an academy player is setting up as a business aside from when they're playing football. Or, for example, we, 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 we spoke to Peter Crouch recently and Ryan Bertrand of what's, what's it like um, working out sport, what's their plans uh, next once they retire, and that sort of thing, really. This is brilliant. Just on a personal note, Spencer, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career looking back right now? Uh, if I'm being honest with you, I think it's how far this player care stuff has, has really taken off. And um, I mean, that's probably my main thing. To, to, for as much as it's been great to, to launch a business, 
uh, off the back of it because at the end of the day if I don't get the sponsors through I can't run it but uh, I think what is so rewarding for me is when when we finish our player care conferences and the feedback we get saying it's just so good that people can come to your conferences and just be open um, and share ideas um, that that's massively rewarding because it sets out what my objectives were when, when we first launched this four years ago really um, so so yeah and, and, I, and I think what um, having the having the companies who are trusted organisations as partners um, to come on board, who yeah they want to get business out of it and they want to meet the right people from the clubs, but they're bought into my network in terms of the whole duty of care. So it's so as much as we are a business and we're not a charity, um, there is a charitable element to it where people are are supporting it, hopefully for the right reasons. If you see what I mean. Absolutely. And the one thing I've I admired from this chat and even on LinkedIn with your work, Spencer, is you care. And I can hear that through your voice. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who want to pursue a career in the sports industry? I, I would basically tell them is, is never give up. If they've got an idea and someone is a little bit negative about it, just keep going, just keep going, putting their... Put, as much as it's putting their CVs out, lean on people who, who, who can who can help them. Ask questions, ask for advice as much as possible. Go and have coffees with people if they can, who are in, who can give them knowledge, and and that may be able to open up doors for them. Um, the main thing, as as anyone will tell you who works in the sports industry, it's all about relationships and trust. Um, and 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 to be honest with you, that's that's how I built my network really. I'm really clear. I'm really honest of how how we run our business. Um, I think the clubs appreciate that. They know it. We we don't earn any commission from any of the companies or any of the organisations. We're just trying to drive awareness. And once you once students can get that feedback and build that bit of relationship, because there are some great people out there who just generally want to help people try and get onto the ladder. I mean, we we have supported the UCFB and they've been absolutely brilliant. And I'll carry on doing that as well. So. I mean, giving them free access to our events to meet some really important people within the sports industry. So, yeah, sorry, but my initial thing would be is never give up and try and build relationships with with people who who have got who share similar similar values, really. That is great, Spence. I really do hope the listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you online? So just get in contact with with through our website, which is www.premiersportsnetwork.co.uk to get in contact with us. All, we always get back to every single person who gets in contact with us. If any, if any of the listeners want to get advice from me or from any of the any of the guys who've been working for me who who hasn't had an events background or sponsorship, but I've given them the the opportunity to come and try the Premier Sports Net and what they've learnt as well reach out really and we'd be more than happy to help that is great to all the listeners listening in there that website link will be on my website relating to this blog post spencer it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today thank you very much yeah no problem Chad. all the best what a fantastic podcast chat from spencer and i really do hope you enjoyed that as much as i did for me the biggest learning lesson i've taken from this podcast chat with spencer is highlighting an issue and trying to find methods to improve it. So, for example, his events are absolutely fantastic, especially with regards to his safeguarding event with athletes. 
and we had a great chat afterwards with regards to the importance of this area, especially for young athletes who are just starting their careers in their teenager years and having the right people around them, building a team. So when they do retire, they've got the right support network as well because a lot of athletes end up going bankrupt at least five years after they retire from their sport. So these events and highlighting these issues, especially now with mental health as well with athletes, this event covers that. Now, from a career perspective, if you haven't got a degree in sports and you really want to pursue a career in sports, take on board Spencer's journey because without a doubt, having that hustle, that right attitude, you can be able to pursue a career in this industry by adding value, but most importantly, by putting in the hard work because pursuing a career in these large organisations like Spencer did at Octagon, you've got to be able to be resilient in what you do, especially in a sales environment. So look, I hope you enjoyed this podcast chat as much as I did. Apply what Spencer said from a career perspective relating to your sports career journey. Give it a go, work hard and just do it. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Spencer said, never give up in what you're trying to achieve and try and build meaningful relationships within the sports industry with people who have similar interests and values to you.